welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Plant Medicine, Cannabis, Psychedelics, and Pharmaceuticals. I have a really great special uh, founder with us today, but before we even get there, we have to do good house cleaning. House cleaning, this show is for educational purpose and should not be taken as medical advice. Consult with your doctor or clinician for all your medical needs. Do not start or stop any medicine without talking to your doctor. I haven't said I would a heck am I? <laughs> ah, this is Dr. Lola, also known as Dr. O, a clinical pharmacist and plant medicine specialist. I'm the founder of WCI Health and WCI Health University. At WCI Health, we help you level up on your wellness journey using the healing powers of plant medicine and education as tools. They are the makers of glows, and when you think glows, think of beauty from within. Glows is a CBD-infused product. I haven't said that. I am not even going to waste too much time. The show is sponsored by WCI Health. They are your alternative health and wellness hub. If you are interested in sponsoring the show, slide in DM. We are waiting on you. I haven't said that we are actually recording this particular episode on Thanksgiving Eve. So we want to say thank you to every one of you that have been supporting us and all your family. I haven't said that today I have with me Dr. James Cole. Dr. James is a managing director at Athena BioVenture. He is also the vice president of research and development for Silo Pharma. Dr. Cole, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Yeah, Lola, glad to be here. Thank yes, you very much. Yeah, yes. talk, talk to me a, a little bit about your background. Uh, I need to know that. Tell me something. Yeah, I have a bit of a strange background. So my training is as a surgeon uh, from University of Pennsylvania. So I have more of the traditional medicine, but I also happen to pick up an MBA from Morton School of Business. And I did something very unusual, which is I left that field to go into uh, pharmaceuticals. So I uh, became managing director of a venture capital firm called Healthcare Ventures. We managed a lot of money. It was about $380 million. Uh, We were yeah, investing money in all sorts of uh, portfolio companies. One was sequencing the human genome. And from there, I went to Pfizer in New York City, um, you know, traditional pharma company. And I was put in charge of cardiovascular drugs, the licensing of them. And we found Lipitor from Park Davis. We ultimately licensed it. It became the number one selling drug. So I have a lot of experience with how traditional uh, pharmaceutical companies look at uh, plant-based medicines. And since then, I've really been uh, chairman, CEO of various uh, public and private companies. One you mentioned, uh, head of research at uh, Silo Pharma in uh, New Jersey, publicly traded company, SILO is a ticker. Yeah. That is amazing. I mean, come on now. <laughs> come on now. You know, uh, Dr. Cole, when you talk about pharmaceuticals, that is my language right there. And when you are combining uh, medical uh, physician, uh, physician profession with pharmaceuticals, I mean, it's the best of both worlds. We can even, uh, I mean, you're talking about talk. <laughs> That is my language. Well, we're not going to go into that for right now. Let's go back to Silo Pharma. 
Thylophoma manages traditional uh, therapies with psychedelic research to develop innovative solutions that addresses a variety of un underserved conditions, including Alzheimer's, dementia, fibromyalgia, Parkinson's, uh, multiple sclerosis, as well as other stress-induced uh, conditions like uh, PTSD. Uh, talk to me about uh, the research and the condition you choose to study in conjunction with uh, psychedelic therapy. Yeah, these are the big problems in our society today. You know, these um, conditions like trauma, addiction, uh, pain, uh, there's really no good uh, therapies from it. Um, you know, most of us know someone afflicted by these uh, conditions. And so they're, they are very challenging. But what is really wonderful is that there's this whole uh, group of uh, medicines being developed today, which look like they have tremendous uh, potential for treating them and making a big uh, change in the lives of these, uh, of these patients. And what's really fascinating is that this has been going on in the 1950s and 60s, and then was largely stopped by the government, and then was picked up only quite uh, recently. And a lot of money's gone into the sector. At Silo, you know, we focus strictly, like like yourself, on on uh, you know science driven research that leads to FDA drug approval. So there's a lot of progress being made there. Um, but you know, if you take a case like a pain, that's one where you know there was a lot of opiates being prescribed, over prescribed, leading to addiction. And um, you know, now a lot of doctors are very afraid to really uh, prescribe it. And that leads to a huge opening for companies that can develop new drugs for that area, as an example. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna come to, uh, to opioid, uh, definitely. I mean, we have over hundred people. That was even before COVID, according to uh, the data that was released by CDC a couple of years ago, over hundred people dying daily of opioid uh, addition and uh, sometimes we look at patient and we're thinking okay we assume oh patient uh the manifestation of this person's pain should be synonymous to another person no pain is pain it's a, it's a subjective uh uh condition pain is subjective it is what the sufferer says it is it's not in our position to say okay why why is your pain too and this person's pain is 10. anyway i can just digress but we, I'm, I'm gonna pull myself back uh, back on the center let's go back to silo silo has partnered with several leading academic uh institutions like uh California, university of california in san francisco columbia university University of Maryland in Baltimore to facilitate a, a streamlined regulatory pathway for drug uh, approval. The company has also developed a pipeline of proprietary uh, licensed therapeutics that shows promise uh, for various illnesses that you just uh, mentioned. Talk to me about the level of enthusiasm that you are seeing from this academic institution that made you spend all this time and money to look into the psychedelic research. Yeah, so as I was talking about, you know, this is a very promising field and it was largely stopped by the government because uh, they regulated these, uh, these substances as controlled, uh, meaning that uh, they really couldn't be uh, researched. And the, the large pharmaceutical companies have largely uh, ignored this area because it is a, a bit controversial. And so what's happened is 
academic institutions, you know, the early ones were Johns Hopkins, Imperial College of London. They, they took up this research. And now there's another group of researchers, some of which you mentioned, uh, for example, like you mentioned, Silo works with uh, UC San Francisco, um, you know, Columbia University. And what really differentiates Silo from, from a lot of other companies out there is we work with these academics uh, very uh, closely. Uh, because they're really the cutting edge, you know, by definition, everything they do is, is uh, leading research brand new. So it's, it's by no means uh, absolutely certain that it will uh, work out, but, but they're, they're really focused on, on breakthrough therapies. And that, that's really where the innovation is going to come from, you know, because the large pharma companies are not doing research in this area. Uh, so it's it's really very important for companies like Silo to work with academic institutions. That is amazing what you guys are doing. I mean, think of uh, what we are going through right now, especially with the uh, COVID, uh, the level of trauma that people have uh, have to experience. And when you look at some of the conventional medicine that we tend to use for these uh, disorders, some of them barely even really made a dent. Two thirds of the folks that use this SSRI don't even see uh, relief from it. Even out of the people that sees relief, it's not remission. Remission is not back to normal. It's not back to baseline. It's just basics. Uh, let me go back to uh, to Silo. Silo Pharma uh, has begun this dosing is a IND enabling study of proprietary time release uh, topical formulation of ketamine uh, SP26. This particular uh, dosage form was designed to treat fibromyalgia. And the, the safety evaluation of the trial is going to be conducted by uh, Experium uh, Affronted Company. And basically what they're gonna be looking at is the uh, tolerability of SP26 uh, and the maximum dose, you know, the maximum dose that is gonna be able to treat this uh, condition. What can you tell us about what you hope to learn from this study? And also why did you choose uh, fibromyalgia uh, specifically? This is one of the very, very challenging uh, di disease state that we have out there. Yeah, you, you make a couple of good points. Uh, first thing is that silos really focus on doing science-driven uh, research. So these are the uh, studies that need to be done uh, to get an IND from the FDA. So we're in the process of doing that, making really rapid uh, progress as well. And then we hope with a successful outcome to be able to take our drugs into the uh, clinic. And as you mentioned, the program we have is uh, transdermal ketamine. So ketamine is, uh, is, is a drug that's, that's approved and known to work uh, in certain conditions. The, the problem has been that it has to be given uh, typically in a clinic um, and under supervised conditions, our our approach to it is, uh, you know, if it could be given to a patient to take at home, that would be a huge change in in how it's uh, used. Because right now, it's only used by a small group of people, uh, given that they have to go to um, to uh, you know doctor's office to get it. So that 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 explains why uh, silos focus on transdermal uh, ketamine. 
And we chose the area of fibromyalgia. You sound like you're familiar with it, but yeah, it is a huge disease, very poorly uh, treated with existing drugs. There are a couple of drugs that are approved, but they don't really work very well and patients aren't, aren't satisfied with it. More than half the patients don't, don't find relief from their pain. And it, it's been a condition that's been uh, ignored by the medical establishment for a long time, uh, not, not so much now, and it was because, um, you know, the patients reported pain throughout their body, but when doctors looked to see whether there was a source of it, they, they really couldn't find any. And they thought it's all in the person's head, which, which it is, uh, but that doesn't mean it's any less real and disability, disabling for the, uh, for the patients. So we, we chose it because it's a huge unfulfilled uh, need. And we think that there's very good evidence that um, our drug candidate should work for for that and as well as other pain conditions. Yeah, I mean, me coming from a uh, pharmaceutical uh, and uh, dosing and all that stuff, when you're talking about transdermal, basically what we're saying is going under the, not on the skin, other layers of the skin. And when we are looking at uh, fibro, uh, fibromyalgia uh, conditions like that, they are more of an inflammatory, in fact, autoimmune-related inflammatory condition. Is there any specific uh, receptor in the ketamine? This is for ketamine. Is there any receptor in the ketamine drug itself that targets uh, inflammation? You know, like when we talk about like cannabis, when we talk about cannabis, we think of CBD is attacking the CB2 receptor where we have uh, uh, inflammatory condition and all the receptors are there. So we, we kind of targeting that. Is there any specific uh, target that we are looking at when we're talking about ketamine? Yeah, ketamine works through glutamate, which is one of the neurotransmitters. Um, it targets a specific um, uh, structure in the brain, NMDA uh, uh, structure in the brain. So it, it's known to work and it also has an interesting history. So it was... Um, you know, largely uh, used as a recreational uh, drug uh, before. So there's, that, that's what's really interesting about a lot of these uh, plant-based medicines because there's a lot of human experience, sometimes in the recreational, sometimes illegal uh, a sphere. Um, but, you know, it, it did get approved. Um, it's a uh, IV for, um, for uh, pain conditions, but it has been given through, a, you know, IV. Um, and then also it got approved by uh, Janssen uh, as an inhalational. It's a slightly different version. It's called Spravato. Um, and, you know, people take it through uh, a, a spray in their, in their nose. Um, but in both cases, um, you know, you need to have the um, patient supervise in a healthcare setting. Um, and, and so they can't really bring it home. Although there are, there are a few companies... Uh, doing that, they're 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 sending uh, ketamine at uh, home, but ketamine is is really well known how it works. Uh, the question is whether it's um, it can be given at home, and uh, you know that's that's what thing Silo is doing because that makes it very similar to how how most are given. You know, anytime you require a patient to go to a doctor's office to get their drugs. I mean, the usage is gonna be very, very. Yeah. The agency's very reluctant to 
to send these drugs to, at home because they're afraid it could be abused. Uh, we think if it's transdermal, there's there's significantly less abuse potential. So uh, it solves that issue. And, and we can send patients at home with, with this uh, drug that is known to work, but given through, you know, something they put on their, on their skin. So. And uh, yeah, that is, I mean, I'm really, really excited <laughs> about this, uh, this formulation. And for like, I keep going back to, to my, my, my main job, which is pharmaceuticals. And also when you thinking about transdermal, apart from the abuse, uh, deterrent nature of this uh, potential medication, who are the people that tends to go through inflammatory disorder like fibromyalgia, neuropathic pain? These are our elderly population. And this elderly population, sometimes their liver or their kidney is already compromised. So yes. when we are giving them oral, I mean, we have to put everything on the table, all hands on deck when we are talking about managing this disorder. But an agent like this, what comes to my mind is the fact that, okay, if we are giving it as a transdermal, that is gonna be bypassing the liver or, you know. Yes. So that is, uh, and it's gonna be more of a fast relieving uh, agent. So that is pretty good when we are looking at who is our target audience. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that is uh, my little consultation right there. Okay, Dr. Cole, I'm going to go to my next question. Recently, uh, you said that traditional therapeutics have really delivered uh, for conditions such as uh, depression and pain. They haven't really delivered as much. These are the areas of uh, medicine that are underserved. And who, who is to know that you are a physician, you see these conditions in your in your practices. And opioid that we are using as the first line of therapy, these are addictive. And because of the addictive nature, the, we have already mentioned the fact that uh, opioid overdose and people are dying daily, it's caused a lot of restriction in giving this drug. But that doesn't mean folks' pain is gone down, you know? So, and you have said that psychedelic research is one of the hottest area, not only in the psychedelic, but also in ketamine therapy. That yes. conditions uh, like pain and, and uh, Alzheimer's really, uh, they are really underserved. A lot of people, according to uh, this publication that you, you spoke on, uh, they think it's either or, it's either you use uh, get a, a psychedelic or you use conventional medicine. But in your opinion, it shouldn't be a case of either or. It should, everything should be on the table. Talk yes. to me about how you think psychedelics and academy will be able to work hand in hand. Yeah, you, you make an excellent point. And I think um, a lot of uh, companies, they take the either or approach. So it's either traditional pharmaceuticals or it's something new like psychedelics, one or the other. And we think the best results are by combining uh, the two uh, potentially together, uh, assuming there's what's what's known as synergistic effects associated with it. But um, psychedelics, if you look at that, are are fascinating because they seem to work through a completely new uh, mechanism. And that's one that people are a bit uncertain how they they work, but 
if, if you look at the type of pain we're talking about, like fibromyalgia, that's the term for that is nosoplastic, um, which is defined by uh, a disorder of processing uh, pain signals. So there's no clear uh, source of the pain. It's not like a broken bone or a burn or something like that, a sprain. Uh, the, the nerve seems fine as well, yet the patients are still experiencing pain. And that's one where, where psychedelics should be uh, tremendously effective because that is thought to be how psychedelics work. They basically rewire the brain, um, you know, and it, it's really quite revolutionary. And that's worth speaking about for, for a moment. Why is it revolutionary? So the traditional drugs like SSRIs, uh, Prozac, uh, the limitations there are they take several weeks to work. So if you, you're familiar with them or know someone is familiar, uh, it takes a couple of weeks uh, before they start working. Uh, psychedelics kick in right away, okay? Like that, the, right when they're being given or the next day, okay? So you don't have that pause. And the problem there is also that uh, sometimes these patients are suicidal and you can't wait for the drug to work because they may commit suicide or harm themselves during that time period. Uh, the other thing is with SSRIs, they also uh, don't work in the majority of patients. It's somewhere closer to 30 or 40% they, they may work on. Um, so the, the majority of patients are not benefited, whereas psychedelics, it looks like more, more the majority are, are treated by it than, than not. They respond to it. Um, the other thing is you only need to give the psychedelics uh, once, maybe once every six months. So most drugs like like Prozac, you have to take every single day. Uh, so it's tremendously convenient, right? You only have to take it once, maybe every six months, three months, something like that. Uh, that's very uh, beneficial. Uh, and the final point, which is not to be minimized, is uh, drugs like Prozac have terrible side effects. I, I mean, you can just list uh, things like sexual dysfunction, which cause a lot of people to want to stop uh, taking these uh, drugs because they don't like the adverse effects from them. Psychedelics don't seem to have uh, those uh, type of adverse effects. And contrary to also what a lot of people think, uh, psychedelics are not addicting in the traditional sense of, uh, of it. So there's really uh, very little abuse potential uh, from that. Nevertheless, you know, our, our government, the FDA wants, wants companies to take a very careful approach. And I, I think that is warranted uh, in this situation, but uh, it doesn't appear to be anything overly concerning versus other drugs. I mean, all drugs have um, adverse effects that need to be uh, watched for. So, yeah. Definitely, that's what I, t I tell folks. You're not going to say, okay, because Tylenol is over the counter, you're going to go grab it and just gulp it down uh, your throat. It is medicine. We have to treat it with, with, with respect. And when we're talking about uh, earlier, we, you mentioned uh, the big farmers. When you look at psychedelics, it's the way everything you just said, when we looked at that, it's more of a labor of love an agent yes. that we don't have to use every day. That is not a good business uh, protocol for, for the big farmers. And, and we are wondering why they're staying on the, uh, on the sideline. They're still staying on the sideline because, I mean, if I have to take medicine every day compared to something that I will have to take maybe once uh, in two months or, I mean, where is the business? So when we are talking about this medicine, 
is more of gift to, to the society to, to, to handle these disease days that we are seeing. Uh, okay, Silo, Silo is in a partnership with Silo uh, Therapeutics and, and is uh, in the drug delivery system, the Z-Pod. Yes. Uh, you guys are working with them on the Z-Pod uh, design in the delivery of ketamine as well as psilocybin. This is a time release uh, uh, dosage form. Talk yes. to me about the Z-Pod and the partnership that you are having with the uh, Zylo company. Yeah, the, the reason why we chose to work with Zylo is that um, basically using their technology, we can load a lot of drug into a cream for uh, transdermal, so, transdermal administration. So, uh, you know, uh, the, the skin is a barrier to protect the body from the outside world. So it's generally impervious to, uh, to you know, what we put on it, uh, but some does get through. And so what you typically have to do is be able to load a lot of uh, drug on the skin to enable uh, some of it to uh, penetrate. And that's really what uh, Xylo enables us to do. And that's been validated. The, the, the really challenge is, can you get the drug from the surface of the skin into the, the bloodstream where it needs to go to work? And as you mentioned, uh, you eliminate things like first pass clearance through the liver. And, and also, um, you know, there's continuous uh, delivery of the drug as well. We think there's also a uh, therapeutic effect, you know, in terms of when patients have to put put it on their uh, skin that uh, it gives them something to do, um, you know, and, and so uh, th th that's the reason why we went with uh, Xylo is that um, they can really load a lot of the drug that we're interested in on the skin and it gets through, uh, sh shown in our uh, animal studies that we've done into the bloodstream where it needs to go. So it appears to work. We, we have a known drug that works, ketamine uh, for pain. And now we're, we're challenged, we're, we're trying to see if it works in uh, these new conditions. And, and you mentioned before about um, large pharma. So yeah, it, it is different from their business model because they love to sell pills uh, that patients get every single day. And uh, a drug that's maybe only given once every six months is, is different from what they're used to, but they're, you know, getting used to it. Um, the areas that, that they're seeing that is in uh, gene therapy, you know, gene therapy is not given every day. Uh, same thing with mRNA. Another one is CAR-T therapy for cancer. Uh, it's generally one, one dosage and either you're cured or you're not cured uh, of your hematological cancer. Uh, CAR-T stands for chimeric antigen receptor T-cells, but it's one where you take the patient's blood, uh, isolate the T-cells, genetically transform it, reinfuse the and, and you can only get it one time. Uh, you know, their, their whole uh, challenge is being able to negotiate uh, high levels of reimbursement for insurance companies. And if they can do it, they'll, they'll jump on board. And, and that, that's, that means convincing the insurance companies that there's huge value for the drug being developed. And I think there is for the psychedelics and, and drugs like ketamine. So. Absolutely. And education is really, really the key. Even for the insurance company, you have to have somebody 
that knows how this system, even the uh, the Z-Pod, for me sitting here, I'm looking at you, I'm able to ask these questions because I know how the transdermal uh, patches, how this transdermal uh, agent is supposed to work. So we wanna be able to put people in front of not just the, uh, the, the, the lawmakers, the big farmers, to be able to help them see what we are talking about, that this is not magic, that this is not magic. Even the transdermal, I can even throw it in there that for, for it to even get absorbed more, it also depends on the environment, on the, on, the, on the base, on the base of what kind of base they are using. So it's a lot that, that goes into this uh, drug development. And I'm really, really, grateful that people like you and Silo are taking these initiatives uh, to, to go on with, with this. At the end of the day, we are human beings, we are genetically different. We're not going to be the same. Some people will be able to use it one time and, and, be, and be healed. Why some they have to do uh, maybe uh, gene therapy or any of the monoclonal antibodies. It is just that we human uh, totally different. Time is so, so uh, ridiculous when we are talking important stuff. At the end of the day, I just feel like education, just like the one you, are, you just did with us, is going to be the key. So for the people that are listening to us today, especially partners, folks that are home, even the big farmers, I feel like this, this is interesting. I would like to to learn more, I would like to be part of what uh, Silo is doing. Dr. Cole, where can we find you? Yeah, you can go to our website, uh, Silo Pharma. Uh, we're also active on uh, social media as well. Um, we we uh, put out uh, some of our news on LinkedIn, uh, so you can go there as well. And, um, you know, really just uh, stay tuned. Uh, we are publicly traded. SILO is our, our ticker. And let me, let me say that I, I think what's happening overall is one of the most interesting things. This is really a revolution taking place. It's sometimes hard to recognize uh, a revolution when you're in the midst of it. And what I'm talking about is uh, a revolution in, in, uh, in medical treatments. And it's really going to uh, transform uh, people's lives. Really, there's been very little or no innovation in uh, mental health for um, for at least uh, 20, almost 30 years. Prozac was the last um, new new drug approved. 50 years ago, over at least over 50 yeah. years. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> and, and this is a fascinating story because, uh, you know, there's all this history associated with its previous use. And then there's also this uh, social use of it. It also involves government laws, um, and you know, yeah. uh, drugs like uh, like uh, LSD were, were developed by traditional pharma, and and this is also where where pharma got started. It was in plant based medicines. Uh, there are really really two sources. One is the traditional uh, family pharmacies uh, in Europe, and then the other one was uh, chemical companies that noticed pharmaceutical effects of the chemicals they were making. So it, it, in a sense, yeah. it's the roots of the pharmaceutical industry, but then yeah. they kind of uh, went away from that and just went into synthetic chemicals because that was such a great business. And and here you have a grassroots effort to bring back psychedelics and ketamine. So 
And that is, uh, we definitely need to bring this back. I mean, the indigenous people, I was born in, in West Africa. I, I mean, I grew up with herbal medicine. Sometimes people be like, you don't even, you don't even look, you look like a teenager. No, I'm not a teenager. Our forefathers have used some of these plants. No, even, even recently, I just learned recently that even the agent in academy has been discovered in some in some botanicals. So in the indigenous folks, they learn things we don't know. Most of our conventional pharmaceuticals were originally derived from plants, from herbs. So herbs, plants based, or even they are not the bad guys, they are not the enemy. And yeah, we know all of us are not gonna be able to get access to that plant because it's too many of us. So people like, that's why people like you are very essential because if we can take the compound there and make it in a way to make it accessible to everybody, that's a win-win for us. It's not all of us that's gonna be able to go to Peru to be able to participate in ayahuasca uh, therapy. But if people like you, can bring this compound together and get somebody like me that knows what is going on behind to explain it to folks, we have a win-win situation. Like I said, time goes fast when we are having fun. That is our show today. We're probably gonna bring Dr. Cole back after all this development to give us a feedback on what is going on in the world of drug development, especially as it relates to ketamine, psilocybin in particular. Yeah, that is our show for today. Remember, if you are yet to grab a copy of my book, A Pharmacist's Guide to Cannabis, Perspective of a Non-Conforming Clinician, go grab your copy on the website, wci-health.com or on Amazon in Kindle or paperback version. We are looking for sponsor. If you would like to sponsor this show, you want to keep seeing folks like Dr. Cole, Come join our tribe, slide in DM, WCI Health 19 on IG. And find all the past episodes on Cannabis Radio and WCI.com. Please rate this show, give us a five star and, and uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Plus, you can also find it on Hi Hat Radio, Amazon, Google, and of course, WCI Health or wherever you find your podcast follow me on social wci health 19 on ig and dr lola ohamba on linkedin until next time folks and remember health equals well bye for now The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.